So, you know, we get and talk with new founders every single day, and a lot of them are trying to build a product for everyone. Why is it that you're like so focused on just Seaside? Seaside is an interesting place because there's just, there's so many people that come here. It, it, everywhere in the Southeast, pretty much Houston, Nashville, Atlanta, you'll see the 38 bumper stickers, the Seaside um, t shirts and sweaters and all that. Um, this the is Truman a, Show. Yeah, the Truman Show, which is huge, <laughs> and most people have seen that. And so this town is unique in the fact that there's just so many people here. There's so many people on the beach. And so we really wanted to perfect it here. So Got it. I, I don't think we'd ever, I would always try to find, we've always thought about expanding to different cities and all that, mm-hmm. but I would always try to find places like this, small community-run places. Um, I think like we've always thought in California, uh, my sister out there knows like different places. They go to Big Sur. I think there's little communities like this is basically what we're building this for, where you can talk to all the restaurant owners. You're not trying to do the big chains. Little communities, they, they need this, and they don't want to do do the 30% from DoorDash, or they don't have the Ubers yeah. that they can do. Um, so that's the kind of expanding that we want to do. I really want to be community-focused for that. Welcome to How to Build an App. This show will help you refine your idea, build your app, and scale it up so you can change the world. We pay for the production of this show with our full-service app development shop, Strides Development, where we help funded startups and business owners build and scale their app and projects. If you're an app founder with a brilliant idea, we'd love to talk to you. So you can book your no pressure, no strings attached strategy call at strides.dev. Again, that's strides.dev. Hey, welcome back to How to Build an App. I'm your host, Austin Betzer, and I'm here with Beaudry Price. Beaudry, you know what we need right now? Man, maybe some Cuban sandwiches or, or some crepes? Well, if we were sitting in Seaside, Florida right now, we could order those right to us. Our guest today is one of our friends and clients, Jay Eckelberger. Jay is the founder of a really cool app called Flip Flops. Flip Flops allows you to order food right to your beach chair or cabana. We've been busy working on this app over the last nine months and we just launched it. In fact, we filmed an interview with Jay at the beach on the first weekend the app was up and running. We're really excited for this episode, and this is a great addition to the episodes where we've already covered market validation, UX, design, finance, and launching an app. Now we're going to take you through the entire process of an app that we've been involved with from the very start. We can't wait for you to hear this story and meet Jay and join us at his kitchen table. For those of, those of you that are, that are listening or watching, uh, explain to us where we are right now. So we are in Seaside, Florida, in between Destin and Panama City, the home of the Truman Show. Uh, it's just like a little stretch of beach. Um, it's uh, the center of new urbanism from uh, Robert Davis, um, and it's kind of ballooned into this whole road community on 30A. So if I wanted to get to the ocean, how far do I have to go from right where I'm standing to get to the ocean? Jump off the balcony, <laughs> and you'll be there. You'll survive, you'll be fine. You'll stand right there. Run through the dunes, and then you'll be on the beach, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we're looking at the beach over there. So we're, we're here in Seaside, Florida. Uh, tell us about your kind of experience here you kind of grew up yeah so i started coming in the late 90s um my family took me here i was a small child so i didn't just like jump in the car and drive myself um (laughs) and so they loved it i loved it and just just a vacation just a vacation and then they bought a place um and i think 99 um and uh we would spend i would um graduate or end school in like may we'd come down and i'd stay through august every Mm -hmm. single year uh, met a bunch of friends that did the exact same thing, did tennis camp 
Uh, I know I don't look like a tennis player, and I'm not, <laughs> um, but I went to go play with friends. And so they would do the same things, one from Miami, one from Charleston, one from whatever. Um, and then my parents switched and bought a different house in 2002, and then we just kept doing that. Mm. Um, and so I actually saw all these Airstreams get put in, and I always thought it'd be cool to start a business here. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, went to college and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, my me and my wife got married down here, October 22nd, 2016. And um, that's when we really kind of put the plan together to try to do a business here and, and do all that. So, yeah. yeah, let's kind of jump into that. Like what, um, tell everybody about the businesses that you started and why you started them. So we started Crepes de Soleil in um, 2018. Uh, we had a, big, a different idea for kind of a French place with a crepes dessert window. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we pitched to Seaside, but they would rather, they just wanted a crepe place. Mm-hmm. And so we figured that out. Wait, you pitched to Seaside? Yeah. What do you mean you pitched to Seaside? So, um, yeah, they have a whole interview process. Uh, they get like 14 different interviews every single year oh. of trying to, people trying to get a spot. Um, and so, yeah, it's a whole interview thing. They're really interested in you and what you're going to bring to the community and mm-hmm. how are you going to live down here and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, they liked my wife more than me but, <laughs> but they liked me enough to give me the spot <laughs> exactly yeah. um they, they they liked her a lot so then yeah they gave us a spot and they gave us a green light and so we bought an airstream uh-huh. um it was like a 1972 uh trade wind airstream um and then for, for those that don't know what an airstream is it's basically like a, a it's a, like a small camper trailer yes. built in the 70s i was gonna say a silver tube but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for real yeah. So, but but originally it's a camp trailer yeah. that you guys convert into a food Truck, yeah, so we went to a guy named Ron, um, who mostly did food trucks, and mm-hmm. he was like, I can do whatever. And uh, the curves actually in airstreams make a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, he's used to just boxes, and so that took longer than we thought. Um, but he did end up putting in a walk in cooler on the whole can't like the whole cap of the airstream oh, is, is, is cool. a walk in cooler, which is <laughs> awesome. It's the only one in Seaside that. And people come and try to figure it out. Uh, he's like, you should patent this. And I was like, should I? <laughs> yeah, because people kept asking about it. So, um, yeah, we got that. And then we dragged it into Seaside and, and set it up. Um, got it plumbing and electricity and all that. Um, so that's been there since, yeah, 2018, which has been awesome. Yeah. So what's it like actually trying to, like, drive business, like, down here? Is it is it hard? or No. So it's basically people come here for the beach. Um, they come here for the day. They, uh-huh. they rent the houses. Um, so people are just wandering around, like, Disneyland. Um, and mm. <laughs> actually, there's a there's an open container here. Um, you can actually drink open container anywhere in Seaside because there's a rule. If you have a certain amount of leaseable land and you're next to a navigable body of water, and as we said before, the ocean's right there, yeah. you can just... Drink alcohol wherever, <laughs> except except while driving. Yeah, yeah. probably not while driving. Yeah, I'm assuming Disneyland like paid a bunch of money to get that done so that you could just walk around Disneyland with a with a drink. But uh-huh. it applies to here, and we got the uh, thing. But yeah, people just walk around, spend the whole day here, um, and so if you have good signage and your food looks good, and mm. a lot of people like Nutella crepes, then you're good to go. So tell me about like what the because I mean we we came in here. Um, I mean, it was really difficult to get an Uber. I, I haven't seen a McDonald's or anything really. Like, tell me, tell me the types of foods that are here. Yeah, so because the interview process is basically in there so that you don't get too much of the same food. They really want like crepes was there because they wanted a healthier option, and um, they didn't want any more fried food. They already have a barbecue place. They already have pickles, which is chicken tenders and burgers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so they basically handpick things that don't have other locations unless they really like you. Um, but no franchises, no anything. Um, they really want like a unique, um, thing of food and that's what they've, that's what they've got here pretty much. So, so there will never, as far as we know, there will never be a McDonald's. They will not. No. And it's all locally owned businesses that are, um, that everybody kind of runs and 
yeah. and uh, all different types of foods. Yeah. And at most, they'll be like, they had a donut place here, Five Daughters Bakery. They've got a couple of locations, but it's a family-owned business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they were like, come on in kind yep. of thing. It was all family-owned places. Amavita's got one other location in Rosemary. But again, they know the owners. They want to know the people. They don't want somebody franchising a restaurant and just bringing it here. That's what they don't want. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I was going to say, let's talk about the, the path of... Oh, we can kind of talk. So you, you started Crepes. Um, tell us about... You opened a second restaurant. Why? How did you get that opportunity? So I um, told them, hey, my mom's Cuban. Um, I know <laughs> way more about Cuban stuff than crepe stuff and French things. Um, I'd love to talk to you about opening up a Cuban place. And they were like, cool. And then I never heard anything. Uh, <laughs> and then in 2019, uh, Amavita was moving. And so they basically called me. It was like right before Christmas. And they're like, you want to start a restaurant? And I was like, do I have to give you the pitch? And they're like, nope, just. <laughs> they called you. Yeah, they called out. They're yeah. like, remember when you talked about that Cuban place? Yeah, do, can you just remember? do that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And we put the plan together really quickly and sent it to them. And um, since they already knew us, and it, was, oh, yeah. it was a way easier process. And so, yeah, in 2019, we got that. Um, Which is called? It's Casino Cubana. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got that built out. And uh, yeah, it's been a huge kitchen. It's been awesome. Um, moving out of the trailer actually having space, mm-hmm. uh, it's been great. And it's been great for me because it's just actually bringing family recipes to the town. Um, it's something that me and my mom really passionate about, and uh, it was awesome to be able to pull up my boiler's recipes mm-hmm. um, and make it restaurant ready. And a lot of, if not all of the stuff, has at least her influence on, on all the little different things in there. So for us, it's been a great project. The other cool thing for me is I have seen a lot more Latino families coming into Seaside and eating at our place. And I feel like that's been a huge thing for me just in town, just bringing something, some sort of culture to the town, bringing people in. And the reviews have been awesome and people are just excited that we're there. And it just, you know, and it's what Seaside wants. They want to break up the town. They want a different offering. And I think that we're bringing that, which has just been great. Yeah, right after we flew in, that was the first place we went. We ordered so much food, and it was all just so good. There was not any left. <laughs> we destroyed we, it. We ordered too much food. <laughs> and it, ate and it all. Ate it all. Yeah. <laughs> and then got more food. And then went and got all the crepes. We tried the crepes, and the crepes were awesome, too. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's kind of funny how that, that experience. So so one of the things is, is I don't know, as we talk about Seaside, Florida, I think about, you know, busy beaches uh, a lot of businesses, but everything's very local and pretty small town feel, I would say. That's what they keep trying to do. It, the yeah. whole thing is like, a, yeah, it's like a new urbanism. They want a big walking area and they want everyone to know everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the big thing of uh, Homeowners Weekend. Everyone comes down here. Uh, get You get to meet your neighbors. The Every street has a homeowners association, which is really big because y- you know the president. They're right down the street. It's mm-hmm. only like one street with a certain amount of homes. Um, everyone can talk and th- how you're going to improve the community. Mm-hmm. And it's a really awesome thing that everyone kind of gets together. So even though some people rent their houses, there's at least one time a year where everyone gets to meet everyone, which is just awesome. That's uh, cool. And yeah, that's a big thing about it. They want it to still feel like a town, um, not just like a resort or anything like that. They really yeah. want it to feel like this is a bunch of people's homes getting together. Um, this is the businesses they community, care about. Right? Yeah, a lot of the merchants own, um, like Modica's own place here. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people live here. Um, mm-hmm. So you know... The pickles person's right down the road, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so you just know the people around here. So let's talk about uh, obviously business is going great. You, you have these two restaurants. Where did the the idea of flip flops come from? So 
back when I was in college, I always thought it would be cool if you could get delivered to the beach. And so I was an entrepreneurship major. And so I actually, uh, my final project, the final thing senior year was just build a business plan, mm-hmm. see how you're going to do it, just go full out. And so I created something called Dune Delivery, uh, made a whole business plan, got an A, graduated. It was, it was a great <laughs> yeah. time, great time. <laughs> I do have a degree. <laughs> and uh, But then I just put it on the shelf. And then so... Uh, COVID happened. The well, pandemic. And that being said, you grew up here, right? Like, yes. Yeah. You literally, every summer you would see people and like, this is something you grew up with. So you, you had probably been thinking about this for a lot of oh, years. Oh yeah. And they, they have a, uh, usually there's chairs out there. There's uh, the, the cabana men and they just put up the chairs. And I always thought like they just delivered food too. That'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. They're already setting up the chairs. They could just, you know, deliver food as well. Um, and so that last year um, the pandemic happened and they were really pushing for everyone to go to online order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that a lot of people just didn't even have an online order system or mm-hmm. there's still like a system from the 90s that couldn't even support it. Um, like Pickles was doing phone calls, like literally <laughs> they had a phone number on the side of their thing and because they had no way of doing an online ordering yeah. um, or anything. And so that's when we thought, well, if we could do a delivery system and it could also be an online ordering system so you could mm-hmm. have everyone on the same thing. Um, we thought that would be great. And then we could spin it into actually delivering to the beach, delivering to the cottages. Mm-hmm. Um, and through our process, we actually found out, my mom found an old thing in Seaside. It was called the Butler Service. So mm. back in the 90s, they actually had a cottage delivery thing because there weren't as many people. And you could call up somebody and they had like a little butler thing and they would come and deliver your food, almost like room Interesting. service. Um, and oh. so we were like, well, they've already had this concept before. We can do this again. Um, and then that's when we pursued y'all. I don't know. We became best friends. <laughs> yeah. Look at us go. <laughs> Look at us. Six months later. Yeah. Um, and, and tell us a little bit about kind of like your discovery phase. Because, I mean, there was the Butler service and there are, there's just so many different like tools and different things. Why didn't you just end up going to a tool like DoorDash or Uber or, or something else to try and solve the delivery problem? Yeah. Here? So there are no drivers. There's, <laughs> there's nobody. I mean, like you can't get an Uber down here. You can't do a door. I actually applied. Uber Eats when the pandemic started. Uh They didn't get back to me for 30 days and then said, I don't think we'll be a good fit. And I was like, thanks. You could have done that sooner. (laughs) But it was basically, they had no one to deliver our food. Um, And so there was just, there's no drivers, no anything. And then it was also just for the little town of Seaside. Mm -hmm. um, And that's all I really wanted to deal with. You don't need drivers there. You don't need people waiting in their cars. I mean, they just can walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to deliver the food. Um, And so for Seaside, it was just going to be way easier to do our own thing than try to do any of those other but ones. you did pursue that right? we did tried. yeah we tried yeah. and it just wasn't available yeah um yeah you can't get an uber to the airport you yeah. can't get yeah, seriously it was impossible yeah. for us yeah. we spent like two hours just requesting ubers and lifts and got nothing yeah <laughs> no they're just not here um it's still so, a taxi town wait so are you afraid of like uber or doordash coming in now and just kind of like taking over the market or not really because i would if i was trying to deliver a lot of restaurants up and down 30a uh-huh. uh, but we're so focused on just the community and uh-huh. if we expand this to other communities it's still going to be community specific specific yeah what a fun word um uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be community specific um and so I, I don't really want to have the drivers and so mm-hmm. if uber eats wants to come and set up for pizza down the road and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that's fine mm-hmm. but i do think we'll always have faster delivery times for just the actual yep. seaside or rosemary or alice beach you just can't be people just on foot and you don't have to do contract labor because we just can mm-hmm. have our our employees and treat them well. Plus, I mean, you had to, you also had to like apply, I don't know, it sounds like there's like a, a, a huge community base here. And so really for DoorDash to come in and try and like execute on this market, I feel like would be super hard just in and of itself in general with yeah. all the rules and regulations that there are here. Yeah, and it's hard to, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to 
I mean, where are you going to park to get the food? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's part of the problem is like, there's nowhere to go. I mean, Great Southern's got a couple spots for like pickup. I don't even know if that exists anymore. That was just during the <laughs> pandemic where they mm-hmm. were to go only. Um, so there's nowhere to park to get the food. There's nowhere to like, stop. And um, it's just hard. Yeah. So if you're not doing stuff on foot, I think it's almost impossible. Yeah. Um, which, which would keep the market yours basically. Cause, cause Uber and those, I mean, they have their business model kind of proven and, and forward, but this is almost a completely different service. Yeah, where it's just it's all it's beachside delivery. Now let's let's talk about let's talk about the beachside delivery. So explain to us what your vision is and what actually is coming forward. So uh, yeah, we want the big thing for us is there's usually right now it's kind of spring break and there's still social distancing, but it's usually a wall of blue chairs. Mm. Um, the cabana man basically sets up chairs down the entire beach. Uh, and so everyone's just sitting there all day. You rent the chairs, you, you can come and go as you please. So basically what we want is to be able to deliver food and alcohol. Um, I really think the alcohol is going to be huge, but <laughs> the, the food too, uh, of, uh, our restaurants are all the restaurants in Seaside because getting up off the beach, you know, leaving all your stuff, uh, especially when you have kids mm-hmm. is a process. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we really want to, um, yeah. And I really think that you, your cooler runs empty. And then you can just order a bunch of alcohol from us, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, that's the biggest bummer. When yeah, yeah. So, so I actually want to ask a question to Austin. Austin, so let's talk about your your journey here, right? Yeah. Like, tell us about kind of what the process was and kind of who knew who and, and how did how did you two meet to really solve this problem? Honestly, it was a super super interesting. So. I think you would almost even do a better job of explaining it. So you you ended up reaching out originally like for this idea to Eric, right? Yep. And then Eric reached out to um, Nick, who then Nick was like, this project is huge, reached out to me. And we, I feel like we just kind of like jumped on a call and you're just like, hey, we want to do this. This is the problem we're running into. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it <laughs> kind of thing. Like yeah. it was really, it was really just that. It, on, really the least amount of friction I've ever had in terms of actually like <laughs> talking with a, a potential client. And, and we just started running with it. Um, and I think at first, the technical portion of it was not defined well. I think our whole engineering team didn't realize how many problems that we were gonna have to solve mm-hmm. because you guys are offering a really unique service. Yeah. Like uh, DoorDash is cool. Like, yeah, you can order food, but when you're here with a family, when do four people want to eat from the same restaurant? Yeah. And when you guys came in, you're like, our biggest difference between us and everyone else is not that we're just delivering food, but we're allowing families to order from multiple restaurants and we're getting it all and we're bringing it to you on the beach. And it's just a whole different level of convenience. And so I think that was the biggest reason that we were on board. Because, I mean, our entire goal at Strides is to work with companies that are actually going to offer something valuable so that they get a product that's used. And I think when you came in and mentioned that, like that was a huge uh, problem. And I thought, you know, that's a great solution for it. Yes. Yeah. So I did a delivery yesterday that was half crepes and half Casino Kibana. So it is functioning and working. <laughs> yeah. so, but there was so many problems with that. Yeah, that's what so, so to kind of really jump into like the engineering portion of it, it is like DoorDash at this point seems not, it's, it's obviously a very complex application and you can do a lot of different things in it. But the thing is with this specific platform, having to be able to order from multiple restaurants, pay different restaurants out, divvy up taxes, divvy up tips, like there's just a, an extra layer of code that's gotta be put into every single thing. 
and it is just super complex. And our our backend, yeah, yeah, our backend engineer was just like, he's like, oh my gosh. So, and we originally built it out with one restaurant. Yeah. No, so we're like, okay, step one is to just get do one-on-one orders, and we're like, cool. Uh, hey, 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 guy, we need you to go make this work for two restaurants. He's like, okay, goes in. Five hours later, dude. <laughs> you have no idea how complex this is because you've got to now – to not really dive into the technical weeds, but it's like you have two separate orders. You've got to combine them in the one. You've still got to show how much each restaurant paid. You've got to correctly like pay that out. You've got to correctly calculate taxes. And that was the next big problem that we ran into. So there was multi-restaurant orders. And then there was taxes. And Seaside Florida has the dumbest tax table <laughs> I've ever seen. The whole world is dumb. I remember, I remember going on conversations with, because it depends on the amount. Like, the taxable percentage depends on the amount of the there's, order. There's a table. There's, there's, a table. A, there's a table. And guess what? There's not a lot of APIs for that table. No. So no, we literally, we, we literally jumped on, like, three different software solutions. And literally, the minimum payment to perform, like, this operation was, like, $1,500 a month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just a, yeah. it's just crazy. And what, so, which are which are things you guys just didn't anticipate, right? No, and, we had. I mean, neither of you guys had really no. thought that there, this would be an issue or a problem, right? I, I mean, mean, like yeah. we kind of knew it was going to be a problem, but we like we didn't realize how big of a problem it was going to turn into. Yeah, and then bottled water is—you uh, can't oh. sales tax on bottled water. Yeah, and then there were yeah. weird things. It's like you can't tax bottled water, and then you guys have special fees down here to support whatever. And we so have an A and E fee for two percent on every single order that they have to be able to opt out legally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so we're like, so, so you got to tie that into the yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so, can't be required. Yeah, so it was just a lot of custom stuff. It would have been something as simple as like, hey, here's your order, you've got to deliver it. I think that's a really simple, simple process. But when you have, hey, you've got to do an order, and you've got to update the user's location at the exact same time, so they can like know exactly where they can walk up yeah. to to deliver the food on the beach. That was a whole whole problem in it, of itself. Adding in a second restaurant to order from, adding in, creating the flexibility for people to add multiple different fees on top of that is just a lot of technical work. And I mean, we've got two, we've got technically three iOS apps, three Android apps, and a whole web platform that you guys are using to operate this system. Huge. That's yeah. The business yeah, side of yeah. problems. He's yeah. the technical side. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about more of the business problems. Yeah, actually, problems. you asked that question. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, so Jay, obviously we just went over a lot of technical problems, which probably went over my head for sure. Definitely. Uh, I, but, but, I asking stuff. Yeah, right. yeah, I was like, no, just, just do it. Um, yeah. But you obviously ran into some, some more of like business problems, right? Talk, yeah. Let's talk about like, obviously you have a, a whole new training process and there's a lot of different problems that you ran into as a business owner. Yeah. So the big thing for us was uh, kitchens get oh, like just busy and it's just, it's a mess. And so currently we use a POS system called Toast. And we've got all these screens and that's where usually like the order comes in through. But let, that just seemed like, again, I don't know the technical stuff, but that seemed even more of a nightmare to be like, do all that mm-hmm. and then also make it integrate with this specific POS system that only we use. Yeah. So we tried to figure out the fastest way so that we could just set something up. And what we figured out was if you just had a printer, so a tablet that showed the order and then a printer that would print the order, almost every restaurant still has the space for paper tickets um, just in case the system goes down and all the stuff we still toast, we'll still print out tickets. Um, that we can just put up there if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had to do it before if the internet goes down. So the easiest way for us to solve it and the easiest way we could bring it to any restaurant, no matter what POS system they had, was you just had the tablet and then the paper ticket would print and then every kitchen could basically uh, incorporate that. So every kitchen can handle that that, that model. model. Yes. And that was the big thing for us because, I mean, there's we use Toast. I know uh, 
another restaurant group here use toast, but I don't even know what everyone else uses. I have mm. zero clue. Some people use square. Mm -hmm. Some people use clover. Some people use, I, I mean, there's just so it's many different, different ones. Yeah. And so there was just no way that we were going to integrate with all of that, nor would I want to spend the time and money to figure out yeah. how to do that. Yeah. Um, sure we could, but you know. Yeah, and ironically, that was the easiest technical problem to solve. We had that working in like a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that was our biggest concern because otherwise no one's going to do it if it's just going to be hard or if it, it's only on a tablet in the corner of the restaurant, no one's ever going to see the orders. Yep. Uh, it's never going to make it to the kitchen. Um, and so that's, that was our biggest thing is trying to figure and that so, out. So basically the order will come in, you need it to print out and it'll mm -hmm. actually print out a physical order and then mm -hmm. we know Yes, an and then somebody just needs to run that to the, there's all these little things, you can stick it up like an old school diner, yeah. uh, and we still have all of those. Yep. And so that's where, yeah, so we figured that out, uh, got the printers, and yeah, it's working. It was the best solution for the problem. So one thing that is, that's been super interesting is, it's not super common for like, um, like a restaurant just to go build like their app, like a mobile application to handle like delivery and stuff. And I think you all, you're offering like a, a a really a, a different solution because it's not just your guys's restaurant have you found any types of like challenges trying to like bring people on the platform let's talk about that because i feel like that's a core like piece to your whole business model yeah so we just uh are on currently onboarding our first people to take the plunge with us yeah uh, it's a hot dog place, a uh, pickles, a burger, um, chicken tender place. I don't know what chicken tender is always the one I think of, but <laughs> I like the chicken tenders. Um, and then a shrimp, a shrimp shack. So it's like oysters and uh, their lobster roll is really good. Uh, so the big thing for us is people's biggest pushback is kind of what I was talking about before, where the grilled cheese place has a line yeah. 45 minutes deep every single day all day long until they close. Mm -hmm. And so they already have like a, or usually have an online ordering system and they're like, we're going to add another thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest hurdle. And so we're showing that we can do it and we can make it work in our kitchen. This first mm -hmm. onboarding is really big because they're starting, we're starting with the hot dog place. We're starting small mm -hmm. uh, because that's easy. I yeah. mean, they, the, it's, all, it's, it's also in a uh, Airstream. Uh -huh. It's a small trailer. They can easily see it print and they're going to see how that works. And then we're going to slowly add the other ones. Pickles is the nightmare zone because they're <laughs> as busy as we are and yeah. it's a full kitchen. And yeah. so figuring out how we're going to incorporate that. Uh, but yeah, the biggest thing is, stuff works now <laughs> why add something else and well so, and i think as they see more business opportunities exactly. are going to start opening up for these restaurants that are using it and they're just like we have to move to it yeah Definitely. right it's all about the pivot yeah 100 and and you're if you're missing out on sales at the beach it's just proving proof of concept yeah. yep. um, which is huge for us yeah i can't imagine trying to be doordash and run a national brand yeah. with so many different restaurants and, and so oh. many different things for us Menus it's just and items yeah and i mean it's just it's insane for us it's a small town community i can knock on anyone's door if they're having a problem yeah uh, and and talk to them and we're not trying to take a huge percentage we're not trying to start strong arm people into using it um, for us it's just really like the nice part for us is that we already have two restaurants so we're already adding value to the places we already have um and so we can already show the value that we're adding and instead of us coming and knocking on your door and being like Give us some of your sales and um, and we'll do something, I promise. And so for <laughs> yeah. us, it's just we're already yeah. bo boosting our sales. And so we're just trying to help the rest of the town do the same. Uh, and I think there's a huge market for the beach. And we've seen it before. Um, and I think that the cottages, I mean, rainy day like this, people don't want to wander out. I've seen it. People will sit in that grilled cheese line for 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, but if and, I can sit in my cottage and get that yeah. grilled cheese, why wouldn't I? Exactly. Yeah, and so and we're it, it, we're just trying to help. Uh, the town, basically. The other thing that I think that, that you guys have an advantage of is it's so small. You're not going to get your food an hour later after it's made, right? Yeah. Like, if I can get a grilled cheese sandwich, I know it's only, what, 
half a block that way. Yep. Yeah, seriously. Right? And yeah. so and, and then we're surrounded by so so I think there's a, also a big value prop is like, listen, we're just trying to cover this spot right here, which is not gonna hurt my quality of food to people because it gets to them so quick, right? Yeah, and it's just uh it's people on foot, it's people on bikes, and then we have a super cool golf cart. Looks like a 57 Chevy. Yeah, will uh, you send us some of those pictures? Uh, so absolutely. We'll throw it yeah. up right now. <laughs> so you guys can see this. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an old Bel Air, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it, it looks fantastic. Um, and so we'll deliver in that too. But yeah, you don't have to go far. So the food's yeah. not going to get cold. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to worry about driving anywhere. And that's a... Just sit on the beach and yeah. get full. And yeah, yeah, drink alcohol. Drink alcohol. Eat Cuban sandwiches. Yeah. Cuban sandwiches. <laughs> you know what we all want? One more time, another plug. The Cuban sandwiches were incredible. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're proud of that one. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. First time you guys you guys meet, hey, I got this idea. Austin, you're probably like, okay, that seems like a cool idea. Oh yeah, it's simple. Yeah, it's you know, cool. We'll be done yeah, a couple month or two. Yeah, Jay, you're like, yeah, this seems <laughs> easy. Seems simple. What Get happened? food, deliver food. Yeah. <laughs> Just write the words. What happened? Yeah. What happened? So, so it, this this project was like, hey, I think this is something simple, but the scope of the project just went huge for both, right? Yeah. For the the size of the app, the different apps that we built. I'm sure budgets, like obviously, um, were were like conversations. So let's talk about how those conversations happened and, and kind of what was the attitude going in on that. So let's start with you, Austin. Let's talk about your first. Yeah, we talked about like the the technical things, but let's just talk about. The, the complications in, as a scope of how big this project continued to get. Did you know it was going to be this big? No. So originally what originally what ended up happening is going into this, we thought it was going to be something as simple as, you know, you've got a person's location and you just got to show it on a map and deliver it. And they've just got to order some food. But what we didn't understand, I would say the the, the two most complicated things, um, well, really the, the three most complicated things that we ended up putting into this app version one that just really like, blew us up from a technical standpoint was um, one, multi-restaurant orders, two, the way that menu items are set up, um, and three were taxes. So I wanna jump into the second one because I've already talked about how hard it was to build multi-restaurant orders, but the thing is, is with your bull specifically, um, we had to build something that was just as customizable or more customizable customizable than what Shopify does. So if you've ever worked with Shopify, you have all these different variations, you have all these options, and you've gotta be able to calculate price. Shopify actually only limits you to 100 variations, so everybody knows. So we were trying to solve a problem that isn't necessarily something that Shopify just said, screw it, but was <laughs> super yeah. complex. Like, they're, they're not even offering that to people. Um, ironically, one of the developers who uh, worked for us ended up getting hired at Shopify. <laughs> so that we was have it soon. That, <laughs> they're like, well, no, we were trying to solve this forever. <laughs> we hire you, yeah. figure it out. So yeah. and it was super funny because now, so the way that it works out is you've got a menu item, and this menu item can have a ton of different variations, options, and add-ons. And so we had to come up with a way that wasn't exponentially going, growing to have different options for each menu item. So they could select different options, they could select different variations, and basically customize the entire order. And that, from like a technical standpoint, was super tough problem to crack. <laughs> yeah, I still remember the Zoom call because um, you showed us the menu thing, and then your uh, my dad was like, "All right, we'll see, like you know, yeah. if we can break it yeah. uh, with the testing." And then I immediately was like, "I've already broken it. We have bowls." <laughs> <And I was laughs> like, then every single item is like customizable and all yeah. that kind of stuff, and so. 
I was, we had to like break that down. And I was like, the sandwiches were easy because you yeah. showed us what the sandwich is. Yep. And it's just basically, do you want mustard or not? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but we've got this other item. And it's kind of our main thing. <laughs> it's bulls. And they need to pick everything. Yeah, we, we basically, I would say to this day with our developers, if I were to go up to each of them and I'd ask them to tell me what is the difference between a variation option and add-on, they'd probably give me a blank stare for like 30 <laughs> minutes because it's seriously just like a really hard thing to wrap your head around. And on your end, to actually go in and train businesses how to use this software, I think it's going to be pretty tough just because of how flexible and customizable your product actually is. Yeah. And so I'm... Which I'm, food, which, which by the way, isn't necessarily a problem that only your restaurant's going to have, right? This is something that we have to solve for everybody and when that's, the time comes. And that's why the, this it blew up from a technical standpoint because it's like, we're not trying to just solve a problem for Cucina Cubana mm -hmm. or Crepe. We're trying to solve a problem so when any restaurants comes to your platform, they're gonna be able to go in and add their menu without problems. Yeah. And to create something so dynamic is challenging. It has, it has a lot well, of- Well, and for, for our listeners who aren't technical, like me. Basically, Austin, you had to, it's not like we're trying to solve one problem. We're, and, and when we build as, as a development agency, we have to build in a mindset of like being able to add all the restaurants with the same problems, right? Mm -hmm. So so it's not like, hey, let's just build this menu. It's not like just normal online app. It's yep. really like, how do we continue to get everybody to be able to online their order and their menu within that, which is, was a huge challenge. Yeah, right? I mean, for most people, like 90% of people that would come up to us, they're, at least for what you guys are doing, like businesses come to us and ask us to build processes to basically streamline their process. And usually it's super easy because it's super tailored to them. You could have just been like, here's our menu. We could have hard coded all that and be done. But in this case, like we have to build something that's flexible for every single restaurant that comes in and doesn't hurt us when we try to build new things into it. Or uh, really step two, which I'll, I'll kind of let you talk to this, is what's going to happen when we try to add restaurants in Rosemary or, uh, I don't know, Miami, Florida, when we, when we get that yeah. far, right? So it's got to be customizable for everybody who's going onto the platform. And, and you have to build with that mindset, which is something that's very unique. Like you can have people solve this problem for your restaurant, your two mm -hmm. restaurants, but that's not the vision, right? And that's something that you guys had expressed early, like, yep. hey, we don't want this problem solved for us. We need it solved and built in a way that can scale. Because otherwise we didn't have a business. Yep. I mean, it, it, just adding a few more sales to our two restaurants was not gonna mm -hmm. make back the money. It was it was adding the town, um, but now it works. I was actually looking at the hot dog menu and they have like a customizable hot dog with different toppings. I was like, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you only knew how hard that was. <laughs> so like, yeah. so Jay, I can hit the buttons. Yeah, I wanna talk about you, when you met with Austin first time, you gave him the idea. Obviously you had no idea. And everything he's saying is over my head too. Like I don't, under, like, yeah. I understand the, what needs to be done. I don't understand what, how to do it, right? Because I'm, I'm not a developer as well. But at the same time, like you guys probably went forward with like, hey, this is a problem. Here is the solution. Let's talk about like what your guys' process was was, was like. Uh, obviously, like we'll, we'll bring it out. Budgets probably changed throughout because of how complicated the app went. Let's talk about the communication between the developers and, and stuff like that and how. How, how that was. I think I think the hardest part, yeah, because the budget did, I mean, double, I think. Yeah, at least. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that for <laughs> video's sake. Like, yeah, <laughs> double. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think the hard part for me, but I, I kind of understood it, but I don't really know anything technical, is that there was like weeks where there was nothing you could really show us because it's all backend stuff. Yep. And I, you're basically like, I can show you the code, but that's, you're, you're going to go, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what does it do? And there was just a lot of time 
um, that needed to be spent working on the back end. And so there was yeah, a few weeks where the Zoom call was like, here's the renderings of what it's going to look like when it finally <laughs> yeah. actually goes. And so I think that was a hard just kind of putting the faith that eventually it's all going to come together. Um, but I, I didn't knew we were going to get something, and we yeah. ended up with something amazing. So, which you would be surprised how many people I did we talked to that don't get anything. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Well, and, and that's and that was like I, I did that like third call. And I was like, hey, just so you guys know, like it's just the back end piece takes a super long yeah. time to, mm -hmm. to develop out. Like here's like and we were we were trying to be proactive. Like, hey, this is the shell for this screen. Like mm -hmm. here here's it yeah. kind of like working. We're still building the back end. And I'm like, seriously, like this 90, per, like we're 90% of the way there. It's just this last 10% is going to put everything together. I'm like, just keep, uh, just hang keep on with me. Hang in there with me. I was that. like, hang in there. And finally, like we did. And I remember you guys going and demoing at the first day and you're like, wow, there's a lot of bugs, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we talked to a client the other day who paid, what was it, like $40,000 and they never even delivered anything, reiterations. Oh, they're, and they're like in a whole like lawsuit because they literally just yeah. didn't get anything. Yeah. Like it, it just happens all the time. And so. Obviously, communication was. How often did you guys talk? Would you every say? week. We yeah, every Thursday I think. Yep, every yeah. Thursday. So and you guys so. had a, a running meeting every Thursday. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And did you ever work with any other developer? No. You are so lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we uh, just got on the meeting who went through forty developers, forty developers trying to trying to get a problem solved. Yeah, we're loyal people. <laughs> we found our people, and uh, we we stuck with it. Well, and I think one of the things is that. When it comes to development, like communication is super, super important, mm -hmm. right? Because not only from Austin communicating to you what's being done, but like as a client, you really have to tell us what needs to be happening, right? Like he, I don't understand that the technical aspect for you, mm -hmm. but if you can explain and continue to communicate, like this app wasn't what you guys thought from the beginning, but as you built it, it probably changed quite a bit and like the what it could do and, and that, right? And it became what we wanted at the end. I mean, yeah. we didn't think it was gonna take two apps and a web service, <laughs> but it did It did exactly what we wanted to do in the end. And yeah. so that's what it ended up taking. So let's talk about some of the frustrations, right? As a business owner who, uh, like I would say that you're probably a more experienced business owner than some of the ones we've worked with in the past, but let's just talk about what frustrations you had and, and kind of how, whether it's time or budget and how we kind of overcame those and, and what your thought process was. Yeah, I think, I mean, budget was a was a big thing for us. Um, but eventually, because we the weekly calls really helped. And then eventually you started breaking down the hourly, what we've been working on, mm -hmm. had a whole spreadsheet. We love the spreadsheets. <laughs> well, then, <laughs> auditing all the way. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I color-coded all those. You, just know, so. well, you did a great job. Yeah, 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 so. And that helped a bunch. So we knew exactly what was getting worked on. And then it's kind of like what we were talking about, like the last 10%. It was like an iceberg. Like we could see all the top little, mm -hmm. the, what it's going to look like. And then there was just so much in the back end. But when I've spent enough time on Reddit and like fun programmer humor stuff and like I don't know any of it, but I'll <laughs> laugh with them. <laughs> well, you have an idea, right? So I had an idea that like projects like this will tend to do this and there's a lot of stuff you got to do before anything even works. And um, and I did, at least I went to one because I was entrepreneurship and psychology was my double major. And I mm -hmm. actually did. I thought it was a class about uh, like how apps affect like people and all that kind of thing. That's what I read it at. It was not that at all. Uh, <laughs> and I got there and I was like, I guess this is what I'm taking now. It was a joint psychology and computer science thing where you actually had to build an app. And then the psychology part of it 
was I was supposed to basically do the testing for it and the QA uh-huh. mm-hmm. and get other people to test it and build basically the surveys of like, what did you think about the app? Mm-hmm. So my job was way easier than theirs, <laughs> which was like build the app. <laughs> and so I remember them actually having to put all that together. It was basically an app to try to make scheduling at Notre Dame better because it was a nightmare zone. Oh and my God, so- I hate every time anybody comes to me and like, Look, can we build a scheduling app? Exactly, yeah. And so it was basically trying to like get your classes and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they built the whole thing and I just did the surveys and made my friends but you had some experience with them watching them build an app and i saw like it took a lot of time before i could even send anything to my friends and Mm -hmm. bribe them with shots in order to try this app (laughs) and and so but it took a while before i had anything to show to test them and so Mm -hmm. that helped me at least conceptualize i knew it was coming and i knew as long as stuff was working on this kind of thing and i was watching them go and we also had weekly meetings but i just sat there and kind of twirled my thumbs because psychology wasn't helping them build the app (laughs) at all yeah but but it's nice to know like just because you're not seeing things being mm-hmm. done, things were being done, and that, yeah. you felt like that was communicated to you pretty well. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and, and, if, and if let's say you, what advice do you have to like a, a business owner or someone who maybe doesn't have a technical background but is looking to do that? Like, tell me, tell us some some good advice you'd give them. I think setting hard limits on budgets and what I don't think we did a good job of saying what was extremely important and what would be nice to have. Um, We kind of went into it and our budget was just like, we want all these things and we don't care what it takes. That's kind of what we communicated. Um, I think if somebody was doing an app right now, I think the big thing is, what do you need? Um, Like if we had talked more about how much of a pain the two ordering thing, I think we would have maybe gone in different directions. Awesome, we have it now (laughs) and it's being used right now, but I don't think we asked enough, like how much is this actually gonna take? Um, And so if we had really, this is what we need, these are top priorities, these would be nice to have kind of thing. Um, Which is really interesting because now, that's like one of our first things we do now with clients to make sure it's like, hey, what are your needs to haves? Yeah. Give us a list of your need to haves, give us your list of nice to haves, give us what you think version one should look like, and then let's have a budget and let's see how many of these need to haves we can get within that budget. And then we'll present to you, if we were over those, then let's start talking about the nice-to-haves yeah. and start adding those in, right? Ironically, we don't even move forward in our discovery process without a budget anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just because... <laughs> a hard budget. Yeah, it's just just because it. that's what happens. Like, yeah. It just comes to, like, let's add this, let's add this, and it's like, cool, but from a foundational standpoint, it's like, as soon as you have to start making these foundational changes, it's like, dude, I've got to spend, like, you know, a couple of days refactoring this whole thing just to put this new system in place to try and hit that feature, and foundational changes just always increase budgets. Well, let's let's talk about your experience as the developer. Like, it's probably not a fun conversation to know and be like, oh man, like this is way bigger than I thought. I could always like, see it in your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was say, I was always like, I was like, like well, this, this is not a good call. <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> no, yeah. literally, I'm just like, oh shit, here we go. Jay, I, I don't know if you know this, but how many hours do you say we would probably role play conversations or like how we would talk? Be like, okay. What do we want? To- Who played me? <laughs> nice. No, yeah. And I feel like I did a good job now. Yeah. Um, but no, like we were just basically one of the things is, is like, and Austin, and, and something that we always talk about is like, hey, we, before we actually do anything, we want to present you with options. Option A, B, and C, this is what we think option A, B, and C is going to cost. Which ones do you want? And a lot of times the answer was like all of them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's typically how it like, is. Like, let's not do them. But like, Austin, let's talk about your experience on, on having those conversations. Like, probably not fun. No, I, it's like, it's super fu- funny because it's like, it's not fun, but actually like I thrive in those conversations. Like I, I, and not because like, 
I'm excited for like conflict, well, but I'm ex excited to reach a solution that makes everybody happy. Yeah. So I think that's like one big difference. Like, and why I say it's like lucky you didn't work with a lot of developers um, is because like when we decide to actually build a relationship with you, it's like we're not just here to build like your product. Like we're here to do like what's best for your company because your success is our success. If this goes and blows up, like obviously like we had a lot to do with that. Like we built the entire platform. And so it's like, I'm just as invested in you guys to finish to, to finish the product as you are invested in me to make sure it gets across the finish line. And so going into every conversation, it was never like, oh man, like you've just got to pay me like that, let's whatever. It's like, what can we do to like really make sure we get it across the finish line? How, like literally it's like with, uh, with you, it's like, how can I get off the phone and make sure you're happy? Like what, and, and that's what's important to me is I think relationships are important. I care about every single person, every single product. And the end goal is always like, how can we get off, off this conversation and like feel, oh, maybe not like oh, jump up and down great, but feel good, mm -hmm. right? Definitely not sad or frustrated. Well, and I don't know how many conversations, we've never had a conversation where we're like, oh, how can we push that budget? It was more like, how do we make this less? <laughs> what can we do to make this less? Like, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, obviously we want to say like budgets are super important, but like constant communication Super important. And it's funny you said, I could see it in his face. Yeah. <laughs> but it was never like, I was just kind of like, because I always knew we were going to end it with a path forward. I, I was never worried about like the whole thing getting blown up. So mm -hmm. to me, I was just, I agreed with you. I was just, we we're going to figure it out. We we're going to see where we we're going to need to move forward. What can we cut? Get back to the needs. And that's what I was also going to say before. I don't think we did a good job of the difference between needs and nice to have. <laughs> Everything for us, like you're saying, everything. were needs. And like, and we were kind of in the point where like, I think we could just do that. <laughs> Get the needs. Just do, well, not? just do it. Okay, yeah. I don't care. Just yeah, do it. exactly. Because like, we were fortunate enough that the budget wasn't a huge concern of ours. Like we had the funds and capitalization in order to like get what we wanted. Yeah. And, and that's what we were able to have. But it's still, yeah, it, it, that was something we could have <laughs> gotten a little bit. Yeah. Our head, uh, heads around a little bit more. Let's talk about where is flip flops now? Mm -hmm. And what is the plan as a business owner? What's the rollout? Do you guys have like marketing plans? Like, kind of what's your what's the direction? Where's flip flops going from here? So they're up and running at our two restaurants. Okay. We're adding. We're going to add the next three. We are going to do a big marketing. Like you did a you did a delivery yesterday. I did a delivery yesterday yeah. in, the, in the rain to um, some kids. They tipped me fifteen dollars. So I guess <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so if you're listening, come come be a delivery. Yeah, <laughs> and just see this mug. Um, so we we have them up and running. It's it's going well so far. We're going to add other things. We're, we're going to try to get added into the rental program. So when you rent a house here, they give you a little packet, a folder of this is stuff in Seaside, this is stuff in whatever. And so we want basically be like, if you don't want to leave the house and just stay where you've spent all the money, um, you can just come to us and get flip-flops. So that's a big thing for us. My wife runs all of the social media. So she's been doing, she added to the websites, did Instagram and Twitter. We don't do Twitter, I don't think. <laughs> but Instagram and Facebook are big and, and we kind of did a different uh, product before this and it's scary how targeted those ads can be. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can find the people right here, get it to their phones and all they that stuff. tell what they're wearing. Exactly. Hey, I like your shirt today. You look like you could use a hot dog <laughs> yeah. by she, what you're wearing. Yeah, <laughs> she showed me like, it's crazy how targeted you can get those things. So big social media campaign. And then after this, if we get the restaurants here, there's a whole road here. It's called 30A. And you'll see the bumper stickers even like in Atlanta, all throughout the South. And there's all little pocket communities kind of like uh, Seaside. So there's Alice Beach, which is an all white town. 
it's kind of weird. I highly recommend driving there, but like it's these big courtyards. They have an aesthetic. Um, it's it's really interesting. And but yeah, it's these everything's white there. And then there's Rosemary. That's kind of like this, but they built it almost like a European town. Like they have like Cobble Street, like Cobble Road, Cobble Street Roads. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and like they're real high, and it looks like you're just walking through like a European town. That's how the whole place feels. And so almost like like a themed type. Mm-hmm. Different themes have different cities, yeah? Yeah, so they basically, every single town, like, made their mark and all that. And then Blue Mountain that way is basically where locals live. Grayton and local people who have lived there for years are in, like, Grayton and Blue Mountain. So the big thing after we get a handle here is making right. flip-flops specific for those towns. We don't want to make a seaside flip-flop for there. We want their own kind of feel. They all have their own kind of theme. They all have their own community. And so, but the big thing is they probably all, they all need delivery. They all yeah. need, everyone, wants everyone needs that for the house and, and everyone's got different things going on. And so, uh, some of the beaches are further away. Watercolor right next to us is huge. It goes way back hmm. almost to the highway. Hmm. Uh, there's so many homes there. Hmm. And so that would be another great place to be able to deliver food. Eventually we're going to need the golf cart for that, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be golf cart. That would be golf cart. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. but there's a bunch of communities down here and that's where we, that's where we'd head. So, uh, for our listeners, you're listening. What you are. Which what you are. are. You're, you're listening. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Basically, it comes down to come visiting. Mm-hmm. We're, we're specifically Seaside, Seaside, Florida. Yes. That's the place to be. It is. And if you're looking for food, flip-flops is the app to be. Yeah. You don't even have to leave the beach if you don't want to. You can literally, again, sit on the beach, order food, order beers, order drinks, and it'll be brought right to you. And that is active right now. It is. It will be brought to you by me. So get an autograph. <laughs> yeah. It won't last forever. But yeah. Well, yeah, we are going to, yeah, we need to hire more people. That's a big thing. Right, right now, now, it's kind of beta testing. Still, exactly. Still and say. so it's still fine. It's just me and my dad and, and, Z, and Z, my wife. Hmm. Um, and uh, that's, that's people delivering. Um, but we are going to, the big thing for us is we didn't want to do contract labor. We do want to hire people. Yep. Uh, so you want W two like salaried employees? Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's important to us, um, especially a lot of the controversies that Uber and DoorDash have gotten yep. into with not treating contract labor well and all that. So we really wanted to. That's a big thing for us is we really want to um, uh, treat our employees well. We've been ahead of the curve with pay. Um, Florida's finally bumping up the minimum wage, which has been nice. But we've been trying to surpass that for a long time now yeah. um, and so that's what we want to do for our flip-flops and plays too cool. so it's important awesome. to us hey guys thank you for listening today if you want to know more about flip-flops you can follow them on instagram or you can visit their website at flipflops30a.com if you enjoyed this episode and you found it really useful it would help us out if you shared it with a friend so go ahead and take a quick sec send a text or a dm to someone who would also love this and it would make our day What else? Well, if you're looking to build an app, we want to talk to you. You can book your free strategy call and talk about your app with a pro at strides.dev. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome day.
Also, if you want to go deeper, we have full-length videos of all of our episodes, show notes, and a lot more at strides.dev. There's no .com at the end of that. You literally just type strides.dev in your browser.